right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting episode of The Devil's Due. My name is Carl Duty. I am your host. Court is now in session. With me, as always, is a man who once shot the Invisible Swordsman, Mr. Drew Celestino. I'd call it luck, but uh, in my experience, <laughs> there's no such thing as luck. So There's three amigos. Fair enough, man. Uh, Invisible but, Swordsman. That movie's like 30 years old this week. Wow, I don't feel old at all now. Um, <laughs> so, wait, if it, you're you're the host, court is now in session. Am I like the bailiff? You're, saying, you're asking if you're Bull from Night Court? Is that where this is ultimately going? He's a little taller than me, I think. But uh, <laughs> Or am I like the stenographer? Because um, I do the audio editing and stuff. So I kind of am like a recorder. Eh, a little of column A, a little of column B. Just checking. Okay. <laughs> Here we are again, sir. How are you doing? How was your week? Um, the week was uneventful, so I guess that's good, right? See the see the. I suppose as I take a drink from this coffee, you so generously. We have coffee today. We both have coffee today. Once again, coffee. Look at this. Coffee. Coffee. Luke Cage. Luke Cage. Coffee. Um. Yeah, I'm a little under the not under the weather, but yeah, I'm a little tired today as well. I got to work, and I was just kind of like, man, I'm tired. Weird. I slept well too, which is terrible you know the, okay so here's so a curious just physically tired you're not sick again no i'm just tired you know yeah uh, believe me when you hear my week you know, you eh, well you do have the youth um so uh, the curious thing about our show is that we record on a friday night so by the time we record again my weekend my my, my weekend when stuff usually goes down yeah. has passed and i get forgetful so i have to kind of recalibrate to figure out what the heck happened this week take notes <laughs> dear diary people are like what are you doing writing that stuff down from my podcast I'm a loser uh, but no you know what if i'm thinking uh thinking back the week was pretty uneventful for the most part that's not a bad thing it's actually kind of a good thing especially this time of year um i did attend a sabers game last saturday and were the sabers victorious they were not which was a disappointment because they were victorious uh the game prior against the Rangers. Yeah, that they, was an exciting game. It was yeah. awesome. Eichel's back. They're they're energized. They're yeah, winning they're more. playing tonight. We're missing it right now. Uh, um, well, we make sacrifices for the people. We do. And then so they they lost, they they crapped a bit against the Bruins at the game I was at on Saturday, and then they proceeded to win again uh, the following game. I think I could be wrong. Yeah, the Edmonton. Yeah, they played Edmonton. Yeah. Or, no. Oh wait, no. They played Washington. Lost. Then they played Edmonton and won, which was yes. a super exciting game. So anyway, um, and then uh, what else Saturday? Oh, I saw an, a movie on Saturday. Uh, see, see, it's all coming. Yeah, there we go. We're coalescing now. Back, it's coming back to uh, me now. I saw. Right. I'm singing Celine Dion. Yep. Um, yeah, you go over there with that. <laughs> uh, I saw Arrival on uh, Saturday. Yeah, how was it? That was good. Good? Yes. Uh, Amy Adams, Jeremy Renner, Forrest Whitaker. Uh Smart so, sci-fi so Hawkeye, movie. Lois Lane, and Ghost Dog. You got it. All right, you got it, dude. Um, smart sci-fi movie. No, no, no. You know, Randy Quaid did not show up in the third act <laughs> to fly his plane into the ship. Uh, it was. Uh, He'll fly. He's piled. Yeah. Um, it's a whole movie about communication and lack thereof, and uh, sorting out an alien language and uh, bringing people together. In a way, and it's also about time and space, and uh, it's, it's pretty pretty good, pretty nice. good. It's like a you know what it's like. It was like a really good episode of Star Trek. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so I, I would would recommend, absolutely would right. recommend if you like thoughtful 
sci-fi. Like, also, clever film. I want sci- sci-fi in the form of concepts and ideas more than action and adventure. Absolutely. Yeah. To me, the best sci-fi does play on concepts and ideas and not action and adventure. Yeah. Um. Also, good uh, film making. So good performances and also very clever construction as a film. The director was? I don't know his name, okay. uh, but it was very good. And uh, yeah, I, again, would recommend. Well, well worth your time. Alrighty. And that's and then the week was pretty uneventful, like I said. So that's, uh, that's a good thing. There you go. Cool. That's the week, man. I made chili on Monday. First chili of the year. Nice. Yes. I haven't made chili in a long time. I make a pretty kick-ass uh, three-meat Guinness chili. That's a hell of a chili. Yeah. Bacon hamburger and pork I sausage. I used my regular recipe. Well, here's the thing. I have a regular recipe, but I've been backing off of that lately, and I've been doing uh, just straight-up beer chilies. So uh, I used one of my uh, Chocoveza-inspired stouts in mm. the chili, and it was fantastic. So I, I do like the flavor of the Guinness lens to the chili. Well, Although I'm not opposed to trying different beers. Dude, throw any beer in there. Well, except for a light lager. Don't use don't use a a Dos Equis or something like that. Use a uh, like a brown ale. Um an IPA might be good, but I've never actually tried it. But um stouts are guaranteed just because yeah. they're so robust, you're going to get some nice roastiness in there. Yeah. So my stout was fantastic because it had already had the peppers and the cinnamon uh kind of infused in the beer. So add that to the peppers and all the cumin and, and chili powder and, and diced chilies and nice. all the all the goodies i put in the chili anyway and you got yourself a fine chili sounds delicious it was uh maybe perhaps someday i'll uh, be nice and do a kitchen stew uh segment on it but mm. we'll see yeah we gotta get back to those chili. kitchen stews and brews yeah so that's my week you sir <sighs> oh god that's not why Mandatory overtime doesn't apply to the podcast, Carl. (laughs) (laughs) Things things stepped up a notch this week, sir. Oh, so so we had mandatory overtime, which is two hours each day, going in two hours early, waking up five a.m. Sunday night, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Julie utters the. Fearful words. I'm pregnant. I'm not feeling so good. Oh no! No, no, we're we, we are firmly, firmly one and done. Okay, just check that. No, yeah, no, no. Despite what my mother would like, yeah, yeah. Despite yeah. what other people have said, because yeah. William's pretty freaking adorable. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Nope. Mm-mm. No. Hell no. Okay. Hell no. Not doing that again. Not putting my wife through that again. But no, uh, Sunday night, she's like, I'm not feeling good. I'm like, all right. She got a stomach bug. Oh. She got a bad stomach bug. So she slept in the bathroom? So for three days, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, I was doing, pun intended, double duty. I'm, I'm, I'm slow clapping in my head right now. <laughs> taking care of my wife, taking care of my son. I'm not complaining about this because obviously I love them both, but when you couple that with the mandatory overtime, hmm. I was like, I was coasting on mental and physical fumes today at work. I was just like, I'm shot. Well, it's a good thing we had some fun stuff that happened in the morning to kind of 
perk you up maybe a yeah, little bit. some stuff we're going to we'll talk get to about that. to get to news. Um, trying to think what else happened this week. Um, mostly stuff we're going to talk about in the news. Unless yeah, it's you pretty personally. much. It, no, it's it's mostly just the, the fun stuff that happened. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was, that was pretty much my week. Uh, we've got, got mandatory overtime coming up again this week, but... I have Thursday and Friday off because Thursday is my birthday and Friday is Star Wars. I have good Rogue news one. about that, by the way. But you do? Be- before I forget, every time you say mandatory overtime, all I can think of is mandatory suicide by Slayer. Every time you say it, all I can hear is mandatory. Good song. You say potato. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great tune, man. Um, so the good news about Star Wars. Remember, yeah. I think last week I resigned myself to saying that I wasn't going to catch it on opening weekend. Yeah. Because um, you got a show Friday night. Yeah, right? I got the Friday night. Which um, means we got to reschedule our recording. <laughs> yes, we do. We have to figure all that out. Uh, so Friday night, I the Long Cold Dark is performing uh, at Stamps in Tonawanda. Near you, sir. <laughs> Come on out. It's a good lineup. So um, I want to make a little pop in. Um and then Saturday, we have a little dinner party. Two, not one, but two dinner parties happening for uh, for Christmas, which reminds me, I got to get a little something for White Elephant. Oh, boy. Um, so the weekend is basically like a whole cluster of like, well, I wasn't going to see Star Wars. Well, I'm slick like this <laughs> because I'm often stingy with my days off at work. Yeah. Uh, I realize that I have two days remaining before the end of the year. Otherwise, I lose them. So I got to burn these up. So I took Friday and Monday off. So I got a little four-day weekend coming my way. Nice. And uh, Friday at noon, I will be going to see Star Wars at the Walden Galleria. You see it before me, you bastard. I will avoid any spoilers. Probably. Just like shoot me a text, thumbs up, thumbs down. Well, it's pre- let's be honest. It's probably going to be thumbs up. Probably. You never know. Yeah. yeah. You never know. The, um, the I got to go on media lockdown right now, though, man. Every t- dude, I, every time I go to like my, one of my favorite uh, uh, sci-fi news websites, they have new headlines that are semi-spoilery. It's like, they're not full-blown, but it's kind of yeah. like, new footage shows this. Like, dude, I don't want to see anything else. I'm good. Yeah. I want to have something left to be excited about when I get in the theater. Yeah. The um, They came out this week. I, I've been kind of picking up uh, Star Wars Battlefront again, mm. and crazy fun game. It, it is the all is the probably the best Star Wars video game ever made. Wow! I know that's not the highest bar in the world. Yeah, Rogue Leader and, and, and Rogue Squadron yeah, yeah, were pretty, like pretty your, damn good. Your Super Nintendo games and whatnot, and the computer, the, the games, GameCube the ones. I mean, they, they were Tie Fighter. Yeah, so it's not it's not as low a bar as like superhero games per se, mm-hmm. but you know it's kind of middling bar, but. Um, they came out with the uh, Rogue One expansion pack, Ew. which is cool because it's not like there's no spoilers in it. I was going to say, how do they handle that exactly? Well, it's it's basically here are the environments, here are the so like the, the beaches and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. Before so, like, the movie comes out. Yeah. Neat. Yeah. So there's um, you can be the like each expansion pack they've come out with. Uh, there are new heroes mm-hmm. that if you find the right icon, you can become a hero. So who was included for Rogue One? Uh, for Rogue One, it was Jin, mm-hmm. Jin or so. Yep. And the the Imperial dude in the cape. Uh, uh, with, the, with the white uniform? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Which I don't a, know his name, but... Which, he's... in a beach jungle setting, is easy as hell to pick out when he's <laughs> running around. <laughs> kind of like stormtroopers in the jungle? Yeah, but what's yeah. cool is what they added on the game is that some heroes have escorts 
So, like, if someone's a hero, that's <laughs> sports. Get, get your mind out of the gun. <laughs> Is that what they're calling I'm them? Not, I'm not talking about the, the dancing Twi'lek in Jabba's Palace. Uh huh. Um, like, for the Imperial guy, there's also an option if you die and respawn at the right time, you can pick to be a death trooper. Oh, okay. Instead of a standard stormtrooper. Sure. For, like, the Emperor. I hope they have better aim with a name like that. <laughs> I'm hoping too. And for the Emperor, it's like the Imperial, the Royal Guards. Oh, okay. Be them. So it's cool. They so would yeah. also stick out in the jungle. Yeah, that game's crazy fun. <laughs> the, uh, the, I was kind of peeved about the, cause I bought, my mom got me the season pass for my birthday last year. Mm-hmm. So I got all the download packs, the outer rim, uh, which is cool. Cause like inside job palace, a lot of the boards and there's a lot to like condensed corridors makes for a lot of fun. Sure. Um, there's Bespin, which is more open area. Uh, the Death Star, which is my favorite one, and then now Rogue One. So um, I know they're probably going to come out sequel to Battlefront, in which I hope there are some changes that are made to it, but right now it's just a lot of fun game. Cool. Nice. Alrighty, those are our weeks. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, if you would like to tell us about your weeks, ask us questions, communicate with us in any way, shape, or form, we do accept Messenger Pigeon. You can reach us at the following multimedia outlets. You can follow us on Twitter at Devil's Do Pod. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Devil's Do Pod. You can email us at the Devil's Do Pod at gmail.com. And you can go to our website, the Devil's Do Podcast.com to find all this information. That being said, <sighs> Batter up. Oh, 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 game four is is on. Game four Cross examination. On cross examination, I believe last week Alan went first, so this week Jay will lead off. We are of course referring to the uh, World Series of Cross Examination. Yes. Yes. Here we go. For Jay's Alan is up two games to one, by the way. Yes. And again, this is a must win for both of them. It's all a must win. Every Always game's a must, must win. win. Jay's question for both of us. Okay. You're stranded on a desert island with 27 other people. 27, okay. Last one standing can leave. Mm. The rules are based off of one of the following fighting movies. Many of these rules that are spotty at best, so use your your imagination. Which one (laughs) do you choose? Best of the best, two. Oh. Bloodsport. Enter the Dragon. Okay. The Karate Kid, mm. Mortal Kombat. Hands down, Mortal Kombat. I can. It incre- I have to murder my enemies in that game. It's the only way. Yeah, but everything else is kind of nebulous. Like Enter the Dragon, I might get a claw, you know, and I might have. A, I might have to fight in a hall of mirrors or something. But other than that, there's not a mandate to kill. Likewise, with like, well, Bloodsport, arguably. We do get to dip our hands in, in honey and glass. That that's kind of cool. No, no, Bloodsport was the uh, the Kumite. You're talking about Kickboxer. Oh, I mixed they're the same movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. It's, Which it's one part, has Bolo in it? It's um, uh, Bloodsport. I like Bolo. He's good. Go. <laughs> uh, but Mortal Kombat, though, we think about though, Mortal Kombat is essentially Enter Dragon. The movie, kind of the the plots of the film. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With with a, with a touch of here's, Big Trouble in Little China and, and here's, other here's my stuff. thing though. This is us. Yeah, we're not playing characters. We're not. It's you and I. Yeah, we're stranded on an island. Yeah, it's last man standing. Okay. So, so that means wait. Eventually, I'm gonna have to kill you. 
I'm saying the Karate Kid because it's just based off points. We don't have to kill anyone, but we still have to get points. Yeah, and a shot to the groin is going to not going to get us any points, and that's about, that's all I have. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, I've got the shot to the groin also, and maybe some biting, possibly some scratching. Don't be afraid to use your nails, boys. Oh boy. Um, but all these other options. Like, if we lose in the Karate Kid, we're still alive. We're in a little bit of pain, but we're still alive. All the other options, we dead. But 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 I but I get to fight in Mortal Kombat, though. Okay. You <laughs> fight Mortal Kombat. I will. You have fun with that. I will. I'm going to stay alive and fight in Karate Kid. Good luck with that. All right. Johnny's tough. Okay. All right. Here, uh, my question. Carl. Yes. Jay asks, you are given the reins of a new Jaws video game. You have the like you only have the likeness rights to certain characters. Twelve year old Michael Brody, the helicopter pilot at Cable Junction, thirty three year old Sean Brody immediately after his arm is bitten off, Quint, Thea, and the Shark Hunter guys from Jaws three. How would the game be structured? And what is the end game? I'm going to make a, a classic style JRPG. I like it. Uh, not completely unlike the Jaws the Revenge Nintendo game, where you had to travel around the islands in the boat to try and encounter the shark. Um, but the we're going to make Amity much bigger. It'll be the land of Amity. Okay. And... The the 33-year-old Michael Brody... Just Min- minus arm, an arm. Minus an arm is going to be the worst character to have because you just have to constantly heal him. Okay. He has no attack. Okay. It's just you have to stop him from dying. Okay. So, yeah, that will be that'll be my game. What That's the game mechanic. Uh, keep healing yeah. Michael? Okay. Yeah. All right. That, yeah. That's fair. What's what's the end game? Um, Jaws. Kill the shark? Yeah. Okay. But, like, he becomes, like... And in the tradition of the JRPG, of the JRPG, you fight, you know, standard jaws. So he has many forms. And yes. Okay. Then Good. he evolves into um, Jaws, the revenge jaws. Okay. And then he evolves into Jaws, three jaws. Whoa. Why, wait, that's like a regression. Jaws, is it three not? jaws was the biggest one. Oh, okay. I didn't and know then, that. And then he evolves into like Megalodon. So jaws. like, like Sephiroth jaws. Yeah. The one-winged angel. Wings and, and stuff and okay. gum and stuff at the store. Can he be like Kefka at the end of Final Fantasy VI where he's like literally like a six-story tier uh, monster? Where you sure. fight one tier, then you move up, and it's another tier? Sure. Okay. His attack will be he fires the baby jaws from Jaws 3 out of his mouth at you. All right. That'll work. Drew. Yes. You need to escape the following situation with zero incident. Rank them from easiest to hardest. <laughs> okay. Mel Gibson in a New York City Jewish deli. Okay. Ed 209 at a gun show in Alabama. Wow. Jules and Butch Coolidge at Vincent Vega's Wake. Roman Reigns at a Ring of Honor show. <laughs> I have to I'm, escape I'm these? Get, Hang you on. Have to escape I have to these escape without these? Without incident. Without incident. Um... Okay, easiest to most, most difficult to easiest, or, or how do you want this? Easiest to most difficult. Easiest to most difficult. 
Um, Roman Reigns at the at, wait. Oh, I get it. I don't have to escape. These people have to escape, right? I'll re- read the question. No, it says I need to escape the following situation. Yeah. Okay, all right. Never mind. So easiest to most difficult. Um, easiest Roman Reigns at the Ring of Honor show. I'm just gonna leave. <laughs> I'm just I'm just walking out. Bye, Roman. With will it be without incident? Yeah, I'll I'll right. I'll boo him and I'll leave. That's that's that simple. Let let the marks stay and, and watch him. They can stay and boo the match. I'm not even gonna watch the match. I don't care. Okay. Uh, next easiest to leave. Um, I'm gonna go with Jules and Butch at Vince Vegas. What what am I afraid of here? Like, you know, it's it's a wake. It's a pretty solemn occasion. I mean, granted, there's some gangster stuff going on, and there's, you know, someone's going to want answers as to how Vincent got killed. I don't know that anyone really knows that. Yeah, we don't know. Butch cleaned if, up pretty well. Yeah, we don't know if, if Jules knows that Butch killed him. Exactly. And, and does Jules even care? You know, does Jules, yeah. Jules gave up the life, you know? So, yeah, yeah I think that'd be a pretty safe affair to escape. Um, Mel Gibson and the New York Jewish Deli. I think, here's the thing. It sounds dicey, but Mel's on that whole redemption tour thing right now. Yeah. So, he, he, you know, he might be swallowing a lot of anger, but 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 the, the cameras are always watching, and he's got to behave himself now. Yep. So, you know, that that's where we are with Mel now. So, but Ed 209 at the gun show, look, just because RoboCop pulled up at the end of the movie with a Cobra gun and lit Ed 209 up one shot, yeah, and just because Ed two hundred nine can't do stairs, doesn't mean that Ed two hundred nine doesn't know a gun when he sees it, and doesn't mean that he will not fire upon seeing said gun. Yeah, we—he's very effective at that. Yeah, just just ask Mister Kenny. Yeah, what's left of Mister Kenny? Mm-hmm. Um, and also, Robo got his uh, his Robo got handled pretty easily until the stairs saved him. <laughs> yeah, so. He was, uh... You got you got pretty saw his eyeball. Yeah. So despite the fact that Ed two hundred nine uh, doesn't work that well, at least in terms of its intelligence and its, its ability to navigate, you know, stairs, it, 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 a lot of guns at a gun show. It's there's going to be bullets flying. I would, you, it's going to be tough to get out of there. Would you say there's guns, guns, guns? I would say that. Alrighty. And so would Clarence. There you go. All right. Thank you, Jay. Those are Jay's questions. Strong, strong. Good Alan. showing. Good inning. Okay. Alan's question for both you and I. Okay. Rank the following games. He's ranking questions. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Guys, step outside the box. Oh, okay. Go on. Rank the following games in terms of frustration. Oh. Battletoads, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, Top Gun, Ninja Gaiden, Mega Man, Ghost and Goblins. How many games are there here? Silver Surfer oh. and Konami or Contra minus the Konami code. All right, I can right. tell you. With the, I can, let me let me top of my head the the easiest, and I'm using this is a nebulous term in, the, in this. Yeah, yeah. But the easiest games in that listing, if I can see it real quickly, yeah. yeah. I, there I'm, you go. I'm, uh, Contra, believe it or not, without the code is easier than you think it is. Yeah. You just once have you to, get the handle of yes. the game, you're good. Likewise, Mike Tyson's Punch Out. It's all timing based. Yeah, there are little tricks. Yep. Timing. So those two, I'm going to say, are the frustration level meh, minimal. Yeah. After that, I got to be honest here. 
you got a real murderous row here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there is no rank. Well, Mega Man. Mega Man. Stan- See, the thing is, like, Mega the, Man stands a little bit games, above. All the games remaining are really good games, except for Silver Surfer. Silver Surfer is just a god awful game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's frustrating on different level. Sure, that's we'll put that one like, at the bottom. This game is terrible. Yes, I don't care enough to continue to try. Yeah, um, I can't mm. rank the rest. They're all pretty challenging and cheap. I have to say, the most frustrating is probably Ghosts and Goblins, only because of that game is friggin' hard. It's harder than you beat it, and then it asks and you to you beat it again. Do it again. That oh yeah, it's like it's 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 hard and it's insulting. <laughs> yeah, I would say Ghosts and Goblins, Battle Toads, Ninja Gaiden, Mega Man, Top Gun. Yeah, because even the plane it can be landed. Yeah, not easily. Yeah, but the, it can be the landed. The game itself is relatively easy. Yes, it's landing. Yeah, it's the hard part. Right. Um, yeah, then uh, Contra and Silver Surfer. I would agree with this. All right. Drew. Yes. A demon. Don't ask me to rank anything. <laughs> <laughs> a demon grants you a wish, but at price, so choose carefully. Ooh, monkey paw. Spend a day with. Shigeru Miyamoto at Nintendo HQ, but his voice has been replaced with Fran Drescher's voice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Japanese so, man with bro- Fran Drescher's Broken voice. English Fran Drescher. Oh. Okay. Spend time with Grant Morrison, Ew. but he has really bad, bad flatulence, and you are forced to smell them. <laughs> like he's like he, he forcibly puts my face... Okay. Probably. Okay. You have backstage free passes to all Metallica concerts anywhere in the world. (gasps) But you have to get shot in the balls with a paintball gun in an infinite time loop after each concert. Oh, wow. That's my rank? That's it? Those are your your choices. Holy God. Um, Well... (laughs) (laughs) They're all kind of sliding scales of terrible. <laughs> I guess I would choose to hang out with Miyamoto with Fran Drescher's voice. It sounds the most tolerable. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to smell Grant Morrison's flatulence. Seems weird. Dude talks to farts, man. Yeah. Like <laughs> and then, you know, we want to keep we want to keep the uh, the equipment. In, in working order here. And I love Metallica and all, but, you know, I love my person more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just saying. So, Miyamoto. Yes. Frankfurt. We're going to hang out Miyamoto. We're going we're gonna to make a, a new game together. So, quick quick question before you get to my question. Yes. Um, you saw the uh, Miyamoto. We can talk about that in news if you want. No, I just, uh, th- yeah, we can talk about that, but just a quick side. You saw the Miyamoto playing with the. Sure did. The. Tribe Called Quest. The, the, yes. That I show and everything. Uh, that's actually the Roots, sir. They're, I'm sorry. Roots. <laughs> um, could Questlove look any more bored? He looked... I mean, I enjoyed it. It was fun to listen to. He just looked very bored. These are professional musicians. And, and the song's very basic. They're session guys. And I would imagine any session guy is probably bored with 90% of what he's asked to do. Okay. Honestly. All right. 
I could never be a session player because I would just I would be bored all the time. Okay. Uh, my question from Alan. Okay, that I'm not talented enough to be a session guy. But <clears throat> anyway, Carl. Yes. Greatest Christmas movie not named Die Hard. I like the quantifier. Mm. Okay, ready? It's a Wonderful Life, Christmas Vacation, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, Scrooged, Bad Santa, and Rocky Four. Hmm, that's tough. I have to. I have to give a disclaimer. Ooh. Um, a disclaimer that may have an effect on our friendship. So I'm going to take back my, my very expensive phone before I say have this. Have you never seen any of these movies or something? No, I've seen them all. Okay. Um, <sighs> I have strict Oof. guidelines as to what is classified as a quote-unquote Christmas movie. Okay. And what is not a Christmas movie. Okay. Like, for example, um, to me, It's a Wonderful Life. I love it. Yeah. It's not a Christmas movie. It is a Christmas movie. It no, takes place not. during Christmas. It, it takes place during Christmas, but it's, it's all you need. It's not about Christmas. Doesn't have to be. Christmas is just, I'm just saying, I'm not forcing my views on anyone. So to me, it's a wonderful life. Home Alone, Die Hard, not Christmas movies. Just happen to take place at Christmas. What movies. quantifies as a Christmas movie? Um, Scrooge, definitely. How the Grinch Stole Christmas. That just takes place during Christmas. It's about Christmas. No, it's not. It's about a guy who's a jerk who turns into a non-jerk. Carol. It the movie is a Christmas Carol. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. Like that's a Christmas movie. How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Christmas movie. Uh, What else is on here? Uh, Bad Santa. Eh, Bad Santa might walk. Uh, Christmas Vacation is a Christmas movie because it's about Christmas. Uh, Die Hard's about Christmas? Die Hard is not about Christmas. Die Hard is about a terrorist takeover of a corporate building that happens to take place during Christmas. Christmas. That's right. So the movie is about a terrorist takeover of a corporate building and John McClane dealing with said takeover. It is not about Christmas. It's about a family reuniting during Christmas through extreme circumstances. What's more Christmassy than that? You say tomato. I say Die Hard's not Christmas movie. It's the quintessential Christmas movie. It, no. Um, so, yeah, again, the, these are my guidelines. I know I'm in the minority, but I have standards. Man, um, you're fun at parties. Uh, I am fun <laughs> I'm going to say probably Scrooged. Yeah, out of all these, Scrooged. It's so great. It's such... I'll, I'll, I'll you know, I'm, I'll give you a thumbs up on Scrooge, but, man... I know. I know. Speaking of Scrooge, jeez. I'm just saying. All right. All right. Well, now that on that down note, who won? (laughs) (sighs) I think Jay has uh, tied it up. Jay's combo question was good. I think he kind of faltered on the individual questions. Yeah, but because think of how quickly you breeze through the selections of yours. Yeah. You're just like, eh, I'll leave. Eh, I'll leave. Eh, I'll leave. I had more fun, though. <laughs> Alan's questions were good. Um, Alan's questions had heart. Yeah. But Jay's questions has had football in the groin. <laughs> ah, my groin. <laughs> I think this is now I'm not saying that they did bad. I'm just saying that from both of them 
these questions are probably their weakest offerings. Ooh, so you said it, not series. me. Yeah, I, I own it. They're not bad. They're just not up to par with what's come previously. Um, that being said, hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I I have to give it to Jay. There you go. I have to give it to Jay because the the combo question was really good. We got a tie. Good. Series tied up. Two, two, two games apiece, man. Come back next week. Look at this. Game five, must win. <laughs> They're all must wins. We got a series on our hands, folks. All right. That's it, though. No other listener questions. No, no other listener questions. No one loves I'm, us. I'm kind of, no, so, I'm okay with. We got we got a great show for everyone this week, and we do we now? Lot, we got a lot of stuff based on the first uh, thirty minutes. Boy, I hope listeners think so too. <laughs> All right, time to get into the case files for some news. Uh, as we discussed the past two episodes, there were rumors abound that Capcom this uh, past weekend at PlayStation Experience and Capcom Cup uh, was going to be unveiling a new versus game in the Marvel versus Capcom series. Your statistics on this have been wildly wrong for very, the last two weeks. Yes. They've well they've they start out at very low percentage and then generally as more reliable sources were reporting it, they raised up. And yeah, yeah. It turns out the reliable sources were correct because at the end of Capcom Cup, Capcom unveiled Marvel versus Capcom Infinite. Now this is So not four. No, it's not Marvel versus Capcom four. This appears I don't want to say necessarily a reboot. Um, I will simply say new entry into okay. the Marvel vs. Capcom series because uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 2 and 3, the gameplay setup has been teams of three. It's been three versus three. Okay. And you've had assists, what are called assists, which means each team member you have, if you hit like a certain button combination, they come in really quick, perform a move, and then jump out. All right. So, like, you would hit, like, if you had, say, for example, Akuma on your team, he's got a very powerful assist in Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3. It's his, uh, what they commonly refer to as his Tatsu. It's his Hurricane Kick. Okay. He comes in, does Hurricane Kick, jumps out. So, they, the assist will allow you to extend combos, things like that. Uh, this game is looking to be more throwback to, like, the first versus games like the X-Men versus Street Fighter, the Marvel versus Street Fighter, the first Marvel versus Capcom where it's two versus two. Okay. Tag team style. Yes. Um, but there are no assists. Uh, they released... There are two trailers that came out. One is kind of the cinematic trailer, mm-hmm. uh, and the second was a gameplay trailer. Uh, now, the characters that are, have been announced... Uh, for Capcom is the much demanded return of Mega Man X, uh, Ryu, of course, and uh, Morgan from Darkstalkers. Wonder why she was much demanded. I couldn't imagine why. I can think of two reasons why. I yeah. Uh, the Capcom characters that have been announced are not surprisingly Iron Man, uh, Captain America, and Captain Marvel. Yeah. Uh, Carol Carol Danvers. Yes, sir. Captain Marvel. She's making her uh, video game debut before her movie debut. Yeah. Mm, video game debut. Was she in Ultimate Alliance? She may have been one of the... But she might have been. She wasn't yet Captain Marvel at that point. She was probably still uh, Miss Marvel. Marvel. Yeah. Okay. 
So, yeah. Uh, the gameplay looks very reminiscent. It still has kind of the speed of the Versus series. Okay. But it, the technique of it seems very reminiscent of the Street Fighter X Tekken game that came out a couple years back. Hmm. So now you've seen the the announcement trailer and you've seen the gameplay trailer. What are your... What are your I know you're not a huge fighting game Um. No, it, it looks, I'm not, but it looks cool. Uh, yeah. 3D, which I'm mixed about, with well, g- given that it's a Capcom. It's 2D game style with 3D models. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I'm, I miss You the, like the sprites. I miss sprites, man. Sprites are my jam. Yeah, I'm, good it's sprite like, games. I feel like we live in an age of HD now where you could have the most glorious sprites imaginable. Like, and we're gonna... well, well, hold on now. They're um, anime fighters. Are still sprites, and they are. But I don't, I don't like anime, gorgeous. <laughs> I don't watch anime. <laughs> well, no, they're not. They're anime fighters in that their art style okay. is anime. It's not like based off anime. Sure, sure, sure. They're they're like Guilty Gear and Blaze Blue. These games are are absolutely gorgeous and they're hand drawn. I think one of the recent SNK games used sprites in like you know really really high quality sprites. Yes, the, and they looked great. The previous. Uh, not the King of the Fighters that came out this year. The couple that came out previous to this were absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, I see, on. I, I like sprites. No, I get it. I can, frankly, I can go either way. Um, it all depends I, how it plays, of course. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, people are, are excited. Sure. Uh, now, another part about this, we speculated last week that... The X-Men and Fantastic Four characters were not going to be included right. in the game because of... The well, game was going to be like Marvel Cinematic Universe focused, licensing right, things like that. This is me making the motion of throwing the papers up in the air saying, I'm not speculating on any of that stuff anymore because a reputable source came out saying that the X-Men and Fantastic Four characters are locked to be in the game, but not at a initial release as downloadable content. This is the uh, Fox DLC pack one. Yeah, <laughs> the, so, the characters you will never see in a Marvel film. Yeah, uh, well, I guess they're. It's kind of the fans get to um, enjoy those properties, the X Men and the Fantastic Four, at, at a little additional cost. Yeah, so they're not being completely removed. So that's that's it's good that they're not being completely left out in the cold. Yeah, but it does also kind of lend credence to uh, Marvel's, and I'm using air quotes, alleged policy of not licensing the x-men or the fantastic four easily the way these licensings work is so confusing i don't like it like there's movie licensing there's video game licensing there's basically it comes down to the fact that the movies are are kind of they are the dog wagging how how, how does it which way which way do we wag here carl which the Uh, tail wags the dog when something stupid dictates uh the greater good uh Okay. <laughs> I don't know which way this is going, but the, basically Marvel's cinematic efforts and the licenses therein are now kind of dictating how Marvel licenses out their properties everywhere yeah. else. So I'm not totally surprised that they're not going to be included in the core game. I'm happy that they're going to be some kind of DLC, yeah. mm-hmm. but obviously Marvel is uh, not going to give you X-Men or Fantastic Four in a big high-profile uh, media yeah. outlet. Because I, they're just not doing that. I'm really hoping um, they do this with some Marvel games that have come out over the past years. They don't do it with all of them. They definitely did it with Marvel vs. Capcom 3. I'm definitely hoping for some fan service as far as alternate costumes go. Oh, sure. Sure, sure. Because, sure. uh, like, for example, for Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3, you could do the... Uh, 
you had one you had your standard cap costume and then i believe you had a cap costume with the classic shield like the oh the yeah diamond the one he shield. couldn't throw <laughs> yeah yeah but he threw in the game and then you sure. had the uh the super soldier costume okay which was just like the military pants with the boots and the the shirt with the emblem that kind of looked like the air force emblem the, the, i always loved that redesign i thought it was kind of think uh what, what he wore in uh, winter soldier yeah yeah um no u.s agent outfit come not, on not in the, wait I think there might have been a USA. Okay, out. now we're talking like, here. Like Hulk had Planet Hulk armor. This is all, and uh, like Jean Grey had uh, Grant Morrison, like black. Oh, okay, yeah, turtleneck uh, and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah good stuff. So, good stuff. So yeah, I'm hoping we get that. Okay, so there was that. Then there was what I feel personally. This is just me. I know I'm in a vast minority on this. What the most exciting announcement of PlayStation experience was. Windjammers is coming uh, to PlayStation 4. You're like, yes. I think you're one of like 12 people. That's no, it. dude, seriously. This game has like a, a cult following. That cult is 12 people large. <laughs> we're, we're, <laughs> but we're, you're vocal. Seriously, when this game comes out, I'm having you over the house. I'm having Alan over the house. And you guys are going to experience the glory. It's, it's Frisbee, right? The insanity. Two on two Frisbee? That is Windjammers. Okay. There is a Frisbee involved. I would not go so far as to say it is Frisbee. It's like it's, it's like dodgeball frisbee. Am I am I wrong? It's like uh, not really. It's like it's like Tron. Okay. Um, Tron meets tennis. I kind of remember it now. With superpowers. Yeah. This was an sort SNK of? game. This came out on the Neo Geo originally, okay. but it's never been included in any like the Neo Geo collections that have come out because it's not an SNK game. Oh, it was done by Data East. Oh, they're defunct. So they're long defunct. Their yeah. dudes are no longer bad. Oh, and Karnov went away with. Them. Oh, yeah. they, they made the RoboCop arcade game. They too. did make the RoboCop arcade game, which was great. And the Back to the Future pinball game, I believe. Did they? And, uh, do they, they did the... a lot of great stuff, man. Did, did did you have the uh, NES RoboCop? I adaptation? did, and I do. It's it was pretty solid. It's, I mean, graphically, it wasn't going to be up to the. It's okay. The the were you the only one? Was I the only one? And I'm guessing the answer is no. Who's asking? While they were playing the RoboCop arcade game, uh, RoboCop, why don't you just keep your gun out all the time? It's a good yeah. question. I don't know why. Because why? video games. Because we got to get them. Why got to be all punchy? I don't just, know. Because there the was guy. that one scene in the movie where he punched the guy out the window, remember? Yeah, and punched through the wall. And he punched through the wall. And Yeah. And he and let's see, who else did he punch? Oh, yeah, he punched Clarence around a bit when he yeah. started chucking him through the windows and stuff. Yep, throwing him whatnot. Anyway, Data East, man. Pour, pour one out for Data East. <laughs> <laughs> so Windjammers is coming out. Okay. Windjammers is coming out. They haven't announced a release date yet, which is frustrating because I want to know. And will that have now? Will this be a remake or the OG game? It's uh, um, a port. A p- oh, so yeah, it's, it's not a remake. It's just the original. The original. Yeah. But, but uh, online multiplayer. Yes. Oh. Yes. <laughs> so you're going to have some fun with those other twelve people. That's good. It's good. It's more than twelve. <laughs> okay, thirteen. Listen, uh, I won. In the, the Rumble of the Tundra fighting game tournament, they always had a Windjammers tournament. I won two That's years in a row. To me. That's amazing. Would have won, would have three-peated. I'm confident I would have three-peated had, you know, the tournament not been held on my anniversary. Ah. 
observe my anniversary with my wife, whom I love deeply. And, Amen. And I, I, I do not. I do not regret celebrating my anniversary with my wife. I do regret the money I would have won. In what does a windjammer's attorney pay? Um, I think one year was like sixty bucks. Okay, another year That's was like eighty. It's money, you know, ten dollars an entrant, something like that. So. That's it's cash. I'll take it. Yep. So you'll take yep. it, or you won't. I'll take it. Take all the money. I posted on the uh, the Buffalo Fighting Game Facebook page when they announced it. I said, Windjammers announced for PS4. I am now accepting applications for second place. <laughs> there are very few things in life I am cocky about. So certain are you. <laughs> there are very few things in life I am cocky about. I am an exceptionally good Windjammers player. Well, good luck with that. You just got to defend the wall. All right. I'll, I'll take your word for it. All right. Um, something else kind of cool happened. We, we briefly touched on, I think, uh, Mr. Miyamoto playing the Mario song with the roots. Yeah. There was a reason why he was there. Yeah. Cause, um, I, I, you know what? I was going to post this on your Facebook ball, wall, but knowing your burning hatred for Jimmy Fallon, I was yeah. like, eh, leave that alone. He's a, he's a, he's worthless. That guy. He's, he's a, he's a great showman. Uh, he, he's happy to have a job and NBC knows it. He's, Put it that way. He's, he's, he, he kind of took he's easily the controlled. Tonight Show back to what it originally was, like early Johnny Carson days. He's and I a, get a kick out of that. He, he couldn't hack it anywhere else, <laughs> and NBC knows that he's easily satiated, so he'll do their bidding, and he'll like it, and so will you, America. Not a Jimmy, not a Jimmy Fallon face. This, In any case. This Drew Hatred brought to you by... I will say this much for him. That he has he does seem to show a genuine enthusiasm for video games, and I appreciate yes. that. So I did like seeing him uh, giddy like a schoolgirl over uh, not only Super Mario Run, which I don't care about necessarily because it's a mobile game and I just don't play games on my phone. But uh, after that, they went ahead and debuted the Nintendo Switch on American TV. Yeah. This was the first good. time we saw it outside of the, the little... Uh, Nintendo made sizzle reel commercial, yeah. which it was all probably props and not yeah. actual gameplay. Whereas and now showing the system being used in a way that's probably never going to be used. Oh, but I don't know. It, we'll it'll see. be interesting to see how we'll it see gets how used. It, well, yeah, I I have the the same thoughts on the Switch that I had when Apple announced the iPad. Yeah, I'm like, okay, this will be a success. I'm interested to see where it finds its place and its place is pretty ubiquitous nowadays although ironically uh not not to get off topic of the switch but uh, ipad was was still is tablets are a big deal yeah they're becoming less of a big deal now that phones have kind of gotten larger yeah the line's getting blurred yeah between the two but it's it was just interesting to see like okay this does a lot of cool stuff but where where's it kind of going to fit in where's it's, it's going to find its place and it's found, found its place all over the place sure. but yeah switches is, is looking solid uh, yeah, it's real. It's very real. And we saw some Breath of the Wild. Now, you th- thought I was going to say Breath of Fire. Yeah, there is precedent. Um, <laughs> dude, it's, I'm not overly blown away. Well, I, I am blown away by Breath of the Wild, but I wasn't overly blown away by the gameplay footage they showed because it wasn't anything we haven't seen before. But what yeah. impressed me most was they said, okay, here's Breath of the Wild running on the Switch. It's on the big TV, and they're playing it on the big TV with a controller. And then he's like, oh, you want to take it on the go? Bam! They pulled it out, and it was right there on the screen. Yep. And it wasn't it wasn't like, you know, uh, edited footage on nope. the... No, they, they brought the camera over and showed it on the handheld right where you left off. It's really cool. It's, it's real. 
it's really real. <laughs> like it's still having. I'm I'm still having a hard time. Uh, uh, not now. Now that I've seen it, but like at first when they debuted the commercial, it's like okay, I get that this is a thing that's coming, and I'm yeah. But now seeing it for real, it's like wow, no, no, this, this is the really real world. This is really happening. <laughs> uh, so now my 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 excitement meter is uh very very high yeah did you notice uh it answered a question we had last week about breath of the wild which was uh green suited link was he in there that was blue yeah. he was blue no man. he was he was in green i don't think so he was in blue you man you have to go back and watch the i think we do they haven't have. seen no man i'm telling you i have not seen any green link yet and uh, apparently link is just a murderer now because those people chilling out in the tree weren't doing anything wrong and he just opened fire on they them. were ganon's minions they had it coming just because they were Ganon, Gan's minions, this is, they could have been like Ganon's janitors. Look, you know, they could have been the fin of. Not Ganon's. everybody on the Death Star was was blowing up Alderaan, <laughs> but look, the rebels got to do their job here. So you know, Link's trying to save Hyrule. There's gonna be there's gonna be you know collateral damage. It happens. Rebels, you mean terrorists? Uh, Vote duty Tarkin twenty twenty. Hey, look, man, different perspective when you're an adult. <laughs> Funny how that works out. Um, no, so that's very exciting. Looks very cool, and. Um, it's coming. It's coming. It's yep. real. And I will be a giddy as a schoolgirl. So As you will be. I think I'm on board for getting one at launch. How, how many... Because I haven't really paid attention to the past couple systems. How many games does Nintendo typically have available no clue. for launch? It's no not clue. the old uh, Nintendo Entertainment System days where there were like a dozen games available at launch. It depends entirely on third parties. <sighs> And I don't know how they're going to... I don't know what their situation is. Do do you... Yeah. Gut check moment of truth here. Oh, okay. Do you honestly expect Breath of the Wild will be available on launch day? Well... (laughs) (laughs) Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Real talk. No other game... Yeah, right. No other games have been announced for it yet. For the Switch, formally. Right. So... They've been showing nothing but Breath of the Wild at this point. So if it yeah. doesn't make launch, that's going to suck. But at the same time, this is Zelda we're talking about. And Zelda is known, on top of being known as one of the greatest game franchises of, of them all, it's also known for being delayed a lot. <laughs> so nothing yep. would surprise me at yeah. this point. Regardless of what they say, you get two Zelda games per Nintendo system. One at the beginning of the system's life and one at the end of the system. If system's you're life. lucky, you get yeah. two. If you were lucky, you get two. <laughs> Just be, if you get one, count your blessings. <laughs> be thankful. Move on. Is it the same team that does them every time? Uh, for the main Nintendo systems, yes. The portables, no. They usually farm those out to different development teams. But for the uh, core console ones, yes. It is. Uh, I can never say his name, but it's the same guy that's been uh, on board with Zelda since Ocarina of Time. So, All righty. Yeah. Excitement. Um, Yeah. There you go. All right. That's all our video game news, right? Yes. Let us move on. All right. So we got some trailers this week, Drew. Yes, we did. We got three trailers. Um, We got two from Marvel and one non-Marvel that has been a pleasant surprise of a series. Yeah. Um, Do you want to start with the non-Marvel? Yeah, we'll start with the non-Marvel. Okay. Okay, so I have thoughts when it comes to remakes of older films. Yeah? My theory is that you remake something that was bad. Okay. You don't remake something that was good. Example, Ocean's Eleven, original one. 
not that great a film. Just kind of a commercial excuse to get the Rat Pack on film and you know, sure. let them do their thing. Ocean's Eleven remake. Good movie. Fun fun heist film. George Clooney. Well everybody. made Clooney. Clooney. <laughs> um, movies that were good. RoboCop. Yes. Does RoboCop need to be remade? No. no. We said everything we need to say with the original. And it was, was on well this week. Said. It was on this week. I, of course I couldn't turn it off. Of course it was on this week. <laughs> but yeah, RoboCop or another example, Total Recall. Another Paul Verhoeven movie. Look at that. Both remakes. Forgettable and and a yeah. detriment to the franchise. Exactly. Yeah. This one, however, has been a pleasant surprise. In the oh. realm of remakes. I'm talking about the planet of the current Planet of the Apes yeah. series that's going on. Yeah. Um disclosure. I as a kid loved the Planet of the Apes. Yeah? Yeah. One of my favorite franchises as a kid. Don't know why. Loved it to death. I knew it was a thing. I never really watched it. It was always kinda on Sunday afternoon on television. I think it still is actually. Like Channel two or something. Sure. Uh, fun. For, I don't know why, man. I just, I just loved the concept. I think I, as a kid, I liked all kinds of sci-fi. So I think yeah. this is one of those things. But I was way into it. So the first movie is a classic. The sequel uh, had some teeth to it. They nuke the Earth. They kill Chuck Heston. Like it, you know, it's pretty pretty intense. <sighs> thanks, thanks, Ralph. Uh, the third one was like Star Trek Four before Star Trek Four. The apes go to like Manhattan, and, and it's <laughs> you know it's happening in the seventies. Oh, double dumbass on you. Kind of like that. Um. And then the sequel after that it gets a little dicey, but but they were still they you know they they yeah. completed a saga if you will with those with those movies they kind of went full circle in a way yeah like you had they started at one point they went back in time and they got you caught up again in a way so it was it was kind of neat but these new ones man they're I had no solid. expectation for they're, these yeah. at all I thought they were going to be bad based like the, on that first one the first one dawn rise dawn first one dawn rise. dawn rise dawn was the first one right. No, you know what? I think it was Rise because I my one sticking point with them was that the titles were always Rise. Was yeah. that we, we were in Rise of Cobra, Rise of Silver Surfer mode? Yeah, like yeah. Dawn should have been the title of the first one, then Rise should have been yeah. The second one. What happens first? The Rise of the Dawn? I don't know. It's arbitrary. There you go. But in any case, that first one, I was like, I had no. To be really honest, I had no desire to see it. Yeah, James it was, Franco. Eh, whatever. When he wants to be good, he is. Yes. When he wants to just have fun, he's kind of, eh, you go have fun. Over but there. that was a good movie. It was a great movie. Right? It took it so far back. It was like proto Planet in the Apes. Yeah, it's it's prequel and reboot in one, kind of. Yeah. Kind of. Um, but yeah, it was fantastic. But the second one. Yeah. Yeah. The sequel was amazeballs, dude. I heard, like, when that film came out, I heard immediate comparisons to Empire Strikes Back. Kind, yeah, a little bit. Having seen it, yep. Yeah, a little bit. It's it gets, it's a natural progression of the story, but it's also, like, a much darker chapter of the story. Yeah. And don't ask me how, but they, they get amazing performances out of CGI apes. <laughs> CG characters? I, well, first that off... That movie has some strong CG characters. First off, you have Andy Serkis involved with it. Dude, he's... he's a master yeah. of the CG character. Um, and just strong storytelling. Yeah. Coherent story with the previous film. Yep. Um, advancing the story, just well done on so many levels. Yeah. 
Now we have the trailer for War for the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Looks looks good, dude. <laughs> looks pretty good. We got wood. We got we got wood. Woody, Woody Harrelson. Harrelson. Oh man. Going back to natural born killers, Woody Harrelson shaving the head looking all cut. Yeah. Um Woody Harrelson's one of those actors, dude, that's like you don't necessarily he's not he, he's not gonna like, you know, be at the top of your list of like dudes you're paying to see necessarily like, he's not a first round draft pick no but but, but you know what really strong second rounder anytime i see his name pop up in something i'm like that's probably pretty good he's yeah. good he picks good stuff did you uh did you see true detective for instance i did not dude true detective was legit I, I, and I, he's I, in it and he's great he's fantastic in it yeah um so yeah this he's like an american colonel who's like declaring war on the apes and all that it look hence the title of the movie <laughs> uh yeah, it looks strong, man. And if they get uh, that emotional connection like they did in the, in the second movie, carried over into this more action-heavy third movie, I already, I already it, think they will. Because like even that quick scene where like Harrelson's holding gun to Caesar's head, and yeah. Caesar like pushes his head up yeah. against the gun. It, it's it's, it's like, weird. Do because, something, Boston bartender. <laughs> it's so strange, man. Because like this this is a franchise that I loved as a kid, and I really don't have a super as as, as much as I loved it. I don't have like a super. Um, emotional connection to it like I would say Marvel or Star Wars now yeah so if it's good or bad I'm not as I'm not as like it doesn't affect me as much as if they're as other franchises they're playing with house money at this point I guess it's it's one of those franchises where like if it's good awesome I'm yeah I'm I'm happy this exists if, if it's, it's good, bad I stop yeah well yeah have your three and be happy. If uh, if it's bad, I'm not going to be super bummed about it. Yeah. I guess. It, so, yeah, it, it, it's just cool, though. If you guys haven't seen the new Apes flicks, check them out. They're actually really good. Very good. Brings us to two offerings from Marvel. Those yeah. lovely, lovely people over at Marvel. The first one that came out. Did they have the song on the trailer this time? No, a new they song. They did not. Yeah, new song. Yeah. Guardians 2, man. Guardians Volume 2. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. And we get, let's just get right to it, because it's what everybody's going to talk about. Yeah. I am Groot. Baby Groot. Baby Groot! Yeah, I like, I like Baby Groot. It's, I it's hope just, it doesn't get old quickly, though. I, you know what? I don't think it will. I saw some mixed reaction to this trailer. I loved it. Yeah, I but, loved it, too. But I think people want it to be wowed like they were for the first trailer for the first movie it's going to be tough because you know who these characters are yes correct so there's not going to be that you know new first date fuzzy feelings you know what i loved about this trailer what's that batista (laughs) (laughs) we get a lot more batista and he's hilarious screw you spaceship (laughs) oh and then he gets a big moment at the end of the trailer too yeah oh man do me do me yeah dude it looks fun yeah i'm Marvel, shut up. Take my money. You know what I didn't like about it? What's up? We didn't get any Kurt Russell in the trailer. They're saving. Saving that sweet, sweet Russell. When that mustache shows up on screen, sir, I will mark out. Um, nah, man. Guardians 2 looks like it's going to be a great time. Yeah, uh, definitely this, excited it, for it. It looks like, you know, a lot of what we already know of Guardians, but yeah. the, the, it looks like the scale so is... We get more. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you see that space battle that was going on in the background? In the yeah. World? Oh my God, dude. It looks epic. The, the dogs are excited about yeah, it. Yeah, of course they are. That or Alan's here, but whichever. Okay. Um, so yeah, Guardians 2, bring it. Yes, definitely. That is 
June. That's their uh, May or June. Yeah, I don't know. Yo, that's going to be their May offering. Okay. They always have the first weekend of May. Yeah. And then their July offering is our next film that we got a trailer to today. Yes, it is. Spider-Man Homecoming. Now, I told you this this morning, or someone did in the in our little show chat, uh, and I was... I, I'm, I'm very excited for this movie. Okay, why so? It just looks fun. It looks like Spider-Man. The Spider-Man we were promised and was never delivered. This is the one. This is the Spider-Man. Andrew Garfield, kinda, but he was a jerk Peter Parker, which I didn't like. He was the cool kid skateboarder Peter Parker, which I did not care for, but he was fun, quippy Spider-Man, although almost a little too fun, quippy, because he was kind of like a jerk about it with that one guy when he like stuck him to the wall and he was all cocky and the guy was kind of like scared of him and it was a little weird, a little awkward. Spider-Man, you're not that dark, Spidey. Come on, man. But 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 Tom Holland, dude, is freaking great. He's so fantastic. I love him. He is Spider-Man. He is like, he's so perfect. I love it. Looks it looks and and he's got great chemistry with with Robert Downey. And some people are a little eh on Robert Downey still showing up in these movies. But dude, then it's, you see the scenes with him, and it's like this universe. is this is where this yeah. this works. It's all it's work. This all works. Um. And it's got Michael Keaton in it. Oh, Keaton. Dude, I'm in. Vulture looks awesome. Mm. Oh, come on, man. Would you rather have wrinkly old Michael Keaton flying around with feathers? No, dude. No, this... not feathers, but, you know. Whatever. This looks sure pretty they made dope. More than one of Falcon's wings. Look. I'll get to. You finish your thoughts, okay. I'll get to my thoughts. There, see, here's. Okay. I, there, there's a reason why he's called the Vulture in this movie, which I'll tell you about in a minute. Um,. But it just looks fun. It looks super, super fun. And Spider-Man looks great. I love the costume. I love the eyes. I love it all, man. It, I'm more amped up for this than I was in any of the Andrew Garfield movies. This looks like Spider-Man. Uh, yeah, this looks like Spider-Man. Okay. All right. You don't like it, though. No, see, there's a thing. You're immediately jumping to the assumption that I don't like it, which is not the case. Okay. As we've discussed, yeah. Spider-Man is my favorite character. Yeah. It's the character I cherish the most. Okay. I read only one comic series character for the rest of my life. It's going to be Spider-Man. Sorry, Matt. Love you. Doing a show about you. Yeah. Spider-Man's my guy. Okay. I, as we've discussed in some of our early episodes... Marvel has a firm credit line established. Yes. I did not have the wow, shut up and take my money reaction to this that I had to Guardians. Here's why. Wow. Here's See, I why. like this more than the Guardians See, trailer, to well, be honest. Listen, I, I let you get your... I mean, we didn't... We've had five Spider-Man movies prior to this one. Yeah. We've had two good ones. One decent one, two crap. Okay. I, I like the first Amazing Spider-Man. I'd okay. say that's a decent one. Okay. And it's got the best Stan Lee cameo of any Marvel film. Wow. Okay. The, in the library when he's fighting the lizard and yeah, Stan's yeah, got yeah, the headphones yeah, yeah, yeah. on? Dude, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, it's good. Um, I like the one in, in uh, uh, Age of Ultron a lot too, but go on. Which one was that again? Uh... He, oh, he's the he's the, uh, he's the, the drug, veteran. Yeah, yeah, the that's drug veteran. That's, that's a good, that's good we, stuff. We might have to do a show where we <laughs> we rank, rank those. I'm, rank I'm, on, I'm on board with this. Okay. Um, 
I saw a lot of familiar things in this that we've seen in other Spider-Man films. The quippy banter with the robbers. I've seen it before. But it's better in this D- one. Dude, let me... Okay. I let you. Okay. 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 Go. Seen it before. The scene where he's holding together a boat with webbing. Yeah. Stretched arms stretched out. Yeah. Replace boat with train. Sure. Spider Man. So again, seen it before. Okay. I feel you. Battle damage Spider Man without his mask on. Did we see that in this trailer? It was very brief. Okay. Very quick. All right. I missed that. Before. Again, this is not the Spider-Man that I was hoping for, but it's still a good Spider-Man. I'm confident this film will be good. It's Marvel. Like I said, firm credit line established. I like the costume. I like Tom Holland. Again, I'm not personally me. I'm not crazy about him perpetually stuck in high school. He won't be, though. So again, I'm I'm not saying it's going to be bad. So you're saying you are whelmed. Yes. Not overwhelmed, yes. but whelmed. I'm whelmed. Okay. Well, I say you have to you have to cuz you're the same way with like Cap and 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 Daredevil where those are cherished characters. They are, but those I, characters are held to a higher standard than other stuff. And Marvel hasn't let me down with those. Yeah. Um, here, man, I don't know. I, I think you're looking at this all wrong. You're going to get your college age, eventually adult Spider-Man. That's why they cast him so young, so that he can grow into these movies. You're going to see the journey for reals. I've seen the journey. Nah, in, you didn't see the in journey. In other films. Yeah, but they did it poorly. This is This is Marvel. They got their baby back. I know, I know, again, how many times I got to say it? Trust it. Just trust it. I am trusting it, but I'm not seeing anything that's getting me super excited yet. It's got Keaton, man. I know it's got Keaton. (laughs) I love that it's got Keaton, but I I am not the biggest Vulture fan. But this is... I get that this is our, our current superhero formula you do your first movie with a lesser villain and then you bring in the bigger villain for the second movie okay get that okay it's got the shocker too i know it's got the shocker shocker's a poor man's electro right but that's why i like jobber villains this is this is why it's fun again you're trying to convince me to like something that i already like i'm just not as excited about it as you are all right man but again it's just the first trailer okay they i'm sure they're going to show something that's going to get me excited i'm sure i'm going to like the film i'm just saying currently right now yeah because of my love affair with this character yeah i'm not seeing anything here that i haven't seen in all the previous spider-man films all right fair enough i guess okay okay all right there you go okay so Closing the case files. Case files. Closed. Now, we get to episode discussion. Yes. And I Luke say Cage. episode discussion, listener, because we're going to change it up a little bit. I've noticed in our past couple episodes, we're just kind of rehashing the episode scene by scene, and that's not what you're coming to us for. You Wait. can watch the episode and see that for yourself. You come to us for specific insight. We, we drop some knowledge on you, though. We do drop some knowledge. We're, we're not going to so much rehash the episodes, just 
discuss the episode. Okay. Because this, I think this is a good episode to to make that switch on. Sure. Because this is a pivot point yeah. for the season in this episode. It so is. let's let's talk about it. we're still gonna rustle them papers. Can I still I was gonna say, can we're I still, still rustle? rustle we we take notes, we rustle the papers, we do the Marvel logo thing, we do it all here. Marvel. Alright, so this is episode seven manifest. Okay. We're th- so let's so we're, I can't go through my notes, but okay. Uh, up up to this point in the series, we've established Conmouth is our primary villain. Yes, he is. Luke Cage is our hero. Yeah. Yada, yada, yada. Mariah's kind of on the outskirts. Well, no, she's... Mariah goes through... I Rewatching the series a second time, I think the character's path, the character's evolution that I've enjoyed the most has been Mariah's. Okay. Paying more attention to it this time around. Um, because I think she is the character who goes through the most change throughout the season. I'd agree. I would agree. And this is definitely her turning point episode. Yes. Yes. This this, this episode is a huge turning point for... Uh, basically, it changes the whole tone. The tone of the show and all the characters kind of get about-faced in this episode. Yeah. I, I like the opening where Luke busts up the, the gun deal. Yeah. Because Luke's... We're at a point now where Luke's reputation is preceding him. Yep. The other guys run away and Zip just like kind of hustles along home. Yeah. After... Yeah. The gun deal goes south. Yeah. Um. So, Cottonmouth is kind of in a position in this episode, though, of weakness. Yeah. So... Which has been building throughout the past couple right. of episodes. But um, he... Somehow... He he starts in a position of weakness, but then he actually gets a position of strength later on, but it doesn't work out for him necessarily. No. Uh, but his whole deal with Diamondback. So he, yeah. he knows he, he can't ask Diamondback for help because if he does, he's basically done. Yeah, he's surrendering Harlem. But he does anyway. Yeah. But, he, but here's the thing. He didn't need to, right? He didn't even have to do that because once Shades gave him the skinny on Luke Cage, as we see in this episode... He pre-turns it on Luke Cage. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, let's just cut right to the heart of the matter. The the decision that the storytellers made in this episode that I don't think we generally agree with was the decision to kill Diamondback. Spoilers. Uh, oh, no, yeah. uh, Cottonmouth, you mean. Cottonmouth. Yes. Uh, totally agree, man. I feel like the whole... Spoilers, guys. Uh, yeah, the Cottonmouth dies in this episode, and... Because um, we've been talking oh, about boy. the past couple episodes what they've been building right. between Diamondback and Luke, or Cottonmouth and Luke, yes. throughout the, the five, six episodes leading up to this one, and it, they've been building it so great. And we get that confrontation in this episode, and it's kind of under... I don't want to say it's underwhelming, but Cottonmouth wins in a way. Yeah, Cottonmouth like, has the information, has Luke's past. So yeah. you're going to work for me or... I'm going to tell the media and everyone else that your name is Carl Lucas and you're going yeah. back to prison. Done. Yeah. So, checkmate. Luke had no answer for that at all. Yeah, he just like literally turned around, walks away, leaves. Yep. And Cottonmouth did his little awesome laugh that he does because he knows that he won. Yeah. Um. So, I guess, I mean, that that's not a conclusion though, but that yeah. is a wrinkle to their... That, that adversarial relationship that they could have kept rolling with. Yeah. But they don't. 
Like we we see, but they don't. Yeah, there was a, a culmination of a shift from Conmouth to Mariah as the the lead villain. Which yeah, I feel like, I and in hindsight, I guess you could see it coming because, like you said, yeah. Mariah's journey is the is the most complete in this series. But I still feel like Cottonmouth got shortchanged. Yeah, I think not only the con- the character got shortchanged, but we as the viewers got shortchanged because we never had that resolution between Cottonmouth and, and Luke. Not really. I mean, co- co- we did and we didn't. Co- like I just said, Cottonmouth kind of won. But wouldn't you like to like, okay, so Cottonmouth, finger quotes, wins. Wouldn't you like to see the rest of the series be dedicated to, like, how is Luke going to overcome this? Yeah. How is he going to figure out a way to, to beat Cottonmouth? One one problem I had with with this was, in the beginning of the episode, Cottonmouth's getting out. Getting out of jail. Right. And we see, we get a nice little callback to Daredevil, because mm-hmm. Cottonmouth's lawyer is Wilson Fisk's lawyer. Right. I know that you kind of need Scarf to corroborate the notebook, but they drop it quick. Yeah, it's like the notebook in and of itself is still researchable evidence. Yeah. Like it can point you in the direction and through police work you can find that these things are true. Yeah. They for something that was like so became so immediately important in the last episode became immediately unimportant in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. And and that that's one of the criticisms I can level at these Marvel shows a little bit. Um, they it 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 adds to the padded critique. So yeah. like we spent that whole episode dealing with the Notebook, now it's gone. Yeah. So what was the point besides to pad yourself out for an episode? We need twelve episodes. Quick, what do we do? Yeah. You know, what I mean? and that's that's unfortunate. Um. So. Yeah, that gets that gets thrown under the bus, under the rug, I should say. Um, we, but like you said, while that kind of falls away, and Cottonmouth again comes away scot free, Mariah is kind of falling apart. Yeah. So her journey is is like the still ongoing. What she was holding on to, and I like the flashbacks we get in this episode that give us background to Mariah's and Cottonmouth's upraising. By Mama Mabel. This is my favorite episode. Can I put the... I don't think... I I should have put that out there. This is my favorite episode of the series. It's a good episode. I think it's a huge missed opportunity in a way because Cottonmouth gets so much depth in this episode. So much because you see that he never had a chance to be a good person. Nope. And he wanted to be. He could have been. Like even right up to the point where he shoots his uncle. Yeah. And then later on, he, he tells Mariah as much like... I not so much that he didn't want it, but in a way he didn't. It in a lot of ways you see that Mariah's and Cottonmouth's journey from the flashbacks to where we find them in present day in this episode is kind of juxtaposed. Cottonmouth started out as, as essentially a good person, right? Who just wanted to do his music, didn't want to have anything to do with family business, air quotes, yep, stuff like that. Mariah, she wasn't all that. Like, she was, Mama Mabel was putting the emphasis on her as far as, like, studies and things like that go. Yeah, but she wasn't the innocent one, though. She was not innocent. She was all about killing the uncle. Obviously, we learned later in the episode, it was because, like, he was probably raping her. It was implied, for sure, but But, uh, she was also, 
She didn't. Did she even bat an eye? Was she in the room when dude got his finger cut off? No. Okay. No. Was there another part though where she did something? I don't know. There was she another. There was out. another scene where she was kind of like okay with what Mama Mama was doing when Cottonmouth shot shot his uncle. Yeah, like she came. No, out but she's justified in that to do it. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, before that, I th- why do I why do I think there was another scene where? Yeah, maybe. I don't think I have who was where in, in my notes, but in any case, you're right though. Like he was innocent, she was kind of not, and then flash forward, like in the first episode of the show. It's kind of implied that she's innocent and he is not. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So. Role reversal. Yeah. And I like, and again, like we mentioned, that innocence piece by piece gets stripped away from Mariah. And in this episode, it's kind of that final piece is taken away. Her her position as a politician, she's forced by her party to resign. Yeah. Because of what's happening with Cottonmouth. Right. Uh, public perception, yada, yada, yada. Her, she's starting to get a lot of what Shades has been giving to Cottonmouth about Luke Cage, about her position as a politician. Her party's telling her to resign. Her adversary shows up at her house and says, okay, just step aside. I'll take care of these yeah, things. And right. Maybe you can make a comeback, things like that. So she's starting to get a lot of that, too. And on top of that, we have a moment in this episode where she, before she kills Cottonmouth... Spoilers. Mariah kills him. Yeah. She tells Cottonmouth again to leave, sell the club, get out. Yeah. So, yeah, it's... that Those last little pieces of this identity that it appears that she's worked very hard... Because clearly there are some deep psychological scars from her upbringing with mom. Absolutely. If you're yelling at a picture of yeah. s- of someone, there's there's some unresolved stuff there. Well, as we see, Mama Mabel is not to be trifled she with. She is ruthless. Ruthless. Cuts that dude's finger off for dealing drugs. Because yeah. she don't play drugs. Nope. She's like Don Corleone like that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I guess... It's such a good episode because every, every all the characters, so much stuff comes to light. Yeah, and I guess you know from a writer's perspective, from the writer of the show, Cottonmouth's loop has kind of closed. So I guess I get the justification, and in killing him, it does give Mariah's it 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 takes Mariah down that ob, not obvious yeah. but her logical path. But again, it's, it's closed, but we don't get the satisfaction of the climax, right? With with, with Luke. With Luke. Yeah. And unfortunately, this this also introduces us at the very end of the episode. We take that left turn to a new character. Diamondback. Diamondback. Yeah. We see him for the first time. And he's been mentioned, but now we actually get to see him. Yeah. And we're seven episodes in, and this is what I call the Final Fantasy IX syndrome. And I hate <laughs> okay. this. I, I hate this in any media. It's when you you've been building a story with a protagonist and an antagonist, and you're you're building and building and building to that to that confrontation, and then at the in the last act, you take a left turn and uh no forget about that conflict. Here's yeah. this other here's the real final boss. Yeah, I hate that. Would you have been? Would you have been better if? They still killed Codmouth, mm. and then Mariah just became the main villain. See, the rest that of the would have made more and then sense. They just saved Diamond back for next season. Yes, yes. 
Yeah. Now we're getting ahead of ourselves because we still have five episodes to go talking about Diamondback and all this. Yeah, this is the beginning where the pacing gets wonky. Yeah. Um, because at the end of the episode, Luke gets shot with the Judas bullet, and then we're on this whole like subplot of trying to heal yes. Luke Cage for, I think it's like three episodes. Yeah, and we get a lot and of background on really Luke, though. it slows down the story. It does. We get some childhood stuff, and we'll get to all that. And that's all good stuff. It does, and it you know it helps set up... Uh, um, it's it's more flashbacky stuff, and it sets up our confrontation with Luke and Diamondback. But I don't think it's nearly as strong, despite despite the closer ties between the characters. I don't think it's as strong as this buildup we've gotten between Cottonmouth yeah. and Luke. So, yeah, and I think this episode also shows us who the smartest antagonist is in this whole show. Shades. Uh, can we talk about Shades? I find sure. him kind of annoying. Why do you find him annoying? I, I, I like the character. I like the performance. He just seems to be a little too, like, omnipotent. Well, he's he's Diamondback's right-hand man. He's essentially, yeah. you know, speaking for Diamondback on both occasions. But we see in this episode he takes some, some personal initiative because he kind of sees how the lay of the land could possibly fall out. Yeah, so why does he... I mean, I, I guess he doesn't like the way things are going with Cottonmouth, and I, I get yeah. that. But, like, his whole, like appeal to mariah seems a little forced i get it but it it's a little it's a little forced it's a little convenient i don't think it's necessarily forced maybe a little rushed okay 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 maybe they could have started it an episode or two ago yeah but we get like a whole you know turn in this one episode so yeah i i could see again i don't think necessarily forced but definitely rushed okay um, another question I have, Misty. Yeah. Why is Misty in so much damn trouble with the police? Because they don't trust her because she was Scarf's partner. I, I get that there's a lack of trust there, but they're like saying like her career's online if she doesn't get XYZ done. She just brought in Cottonmouth. And they can't do anything with them, so that, I guess that yeah, reflects that was, badly on her. I don't know. I, I, didn't, I didn't get that whole, like, I get that she's kind of defeated in a sense because Cottonmouth's been released, um, but... The fact that the new like captain or inspector or whatnot is telling yeah. her that her career is on the line, she doesn't. It just didn't seem to make a lot of sense. Maybe there's some background on Misty that we don't know, but I I agree with you. It's a little. It seems a little like that escalated quickly, kind of. Yeah. But I think again, though, uh, scarf being dirty and her being oblivious to it, yeah, reflects very poorly on her. What do you? What did you think of Luke's eagerness to run? After Cottonmouth kind of lays down what he has on him. Because it seemed like it kind of, I don't want to say betrayed the character development they've done for the character up to this point, but it just seemed slightly out of character. I would kind of disagree. Okay. Because he's been talking about leaving all along. Yeah. Once his business is done with Cottonmouth. Well, it's done. He he has no recourse here. Yeah. And ultimately, all he really wants is to be left alone and to be free. Yeah. But well, we still have if, Claire. if he hangs around in New York City, gets in, gets in people's business, yeah. he is at risk. So I get it. I, I don't think it's out of character. I think he wants to do what do right. Yeah. But he knows that he's kind of screwed here. Yeah. And we still have Claire kind of pulling him towards the hero's path. Yeah. Um. A lot of throwbacks and mentions to Daredevil in this episode. Because, I certainly appreciate that. Yeah, definitely. We do here at The Devil's Do. Um, 
we her mentioning what's going look at what's going on in hell's kitchen mm-hmm. and then the end of the episode we have mention of a lawyer friend that lawyer she friend call um i was very disappointed spoilers that there was never a uh, matt cameo would have been nice in, in, throughout the series i think it would have fit um not necessarily a daredevil cameo but more a matt cameo i'm okay with it though yeah, I mean, you we know. get Claire. She gets to drop Claire's, some drop some Claire's hints. Did you see the um, the quick offshoot? The new photos that came out from Iron Fist with with weekend? Misty and Matt, or who was it? It's Matt and Jessica. Yeah, I saw no, those. That, those are the photos from Defenders. Oh, there were f- some photos that came out from Iron Fist. Oh yeah, it's it's a Photo blonde blonde guy. And, and, yeah, you're not excited about Iron Fist? Show me the costume, then we'll talk. Okay, show me <laughs> Fat Cobra, then we'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um. Yeah. The, this. This. See. The thing is, the, the, the flashback stuff and the and the cottonmouth stuff in this episode is so really strong, good. and this is why it's my favorite episode because it just sheds so much light on on the on the character and and his his upbringing and it's really tragic and it's really well done. And if anything, I have to knock this episode down a couple points. I love this episode, but I, I upon rewatching it, it ends in the completely wrong spot. Where would you have liked seen it end? Should have ended as soon as he shot Pistol Pete. Everything else should have happened later. As soon as Cottonmouth shot his uncle. Yep. That whole flashback when he kills the uncle and his kids like you get that you get okay, that background. I can see that. Oh, actually, you know what? Hang on, I take that back. I take that back because I know I, I just remember what what happens immediately after that. He kills Pistol Pete, his uncle, and then you get the scene with Mariah coming in, and then you get his death scene. Yeah, and he, he knocked out the window. If I'm a director, as soon as he hits the floor, end of episode. Cut. Maybe not as soon as he hits the floor. Maybe as soon as you establish that he is dead. Uh, sure. Then you kind of have that shocked moment like, holy yes. crap. Yes, after she kills him maybe. Yeah. What I didn't need was the, everything after that. Shades and Luke's, like, it, it goes on for like 15 more minutes. And I'm like, yeah. dude, you just you just hit your climax. No, yeah, that's a good point. That's the emotional climax of the episode. And there's still a good 15, 20 minutes left in the episode. Yeah. No, that's um, a good point. That is- I, it bothered me watching it again. Because I really do like this. Dude, it, this episode is strong. Yeah. All that stuff with the flashbacks is strong. I like how each flashback was introduced and exited. With Cottonmouth playing the electric piano. Yeah. I think that was a really cool, nice little thing. Um, but this is, like you said, this is the ultimate pivot point of the show. Yeah. And we run the rest of the episodes, while not bad, we do have some pacing issues. We're going to get into some, yeah, big time pacing issues. Yeah. Um, but that's that's coming up. We'll, we're going to talk about all that. It is kind of bittersweet, though. Yeah. I got to tell you. So. So, so we're at... At this point now, seven episodes in. Yes. This is your favorite episode. Yes. My favorite episode is still uh, the Pops Funeral episode. Okay. A couple episodes. Yeah, that's, that's also good. Um, yeah. Cool. You got anything else on this episode? Just just that it's my fave, and I, I, I wish it didn't end the way it did. I wish the show kind of would have stuck with what it was doing. But, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. All righty. Listeners, please let us know. Uh, we're, we tried something a little new here today. Let us know what you think. Go back to the ep scene by scene. <laughs> okay. We, we know what Drew's vote is. No, no, no. I... Um, if you would like to let us know what you think, if you'd like to ask us any questions, 
If you would like to send any hate mail or love letters. <laughs> we encourage can, hate mail. You can reach us at the following. On Twitter, you can follow us at Devil's Do Pod. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Devil's Do Pod. You can email us at thedevilsdopod at gmail.com. And you can find all this information on our website, thedevilsdopodcast.com. Stitcher is a... Uh yeah, how's that going? Not well, man. <laughs> what? Uh, New stuff is not, not coming alive. No, they're really bad. I'm I'm very peeved about this. So I'm looking into something else for us to possibly grow the reach of the show. We look might cost us a little money, but we'll talk about it. Not a lot of money. Our our ad budget is ten dollars a week. This might be like twelve dollars a month, but it might put us on a lot more outlets. So okay, let's just think All about right. it. So anyway, anyway, we'll, we'll talk about that later. All right, folks. Again, thank you so much for joining us. As always, please uh, share new episode postings, retweet them. Please give us reviews on iTunes. Reviews help big time. Reviews help grow our show. But uh, again, thank you for joining us. Court is adjourned.